Really, it's fun to be me. It really is. I studied all day, prayed, thought I had it settled in my heart, going to continue on on prayer. Got over here and heard this in my heart. Get up tonight and start a series on the subject of faith. What are you going to do? Hallelujah. I checked it three or four times. I said, now, Father, are, are you sure? I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. I have no notes on the subject. Printed out. I wasn't thinking that direct. I'm always thinking about faith. But uh, I, I, really, I really feel good in my heart. That's what he said. So how about that? It's not going to hurt you. It'll help you. Especially when God says, do it right now. Do it tonight. No doubt there's probably somebody here watching that faith is going to be critical in whatever it is. And that's true no matter what. So let's launch out. How about that? We've got a few minutes. Let's just launch out into it. Praise God. So let's go over to Romans chapter 1. And you want to talk about ministering by faith. Not only that, I've I'm, I'm got a brand new Bible up here. It doesn't have any of my highlights in it and any of my notes in it. i got nothing to cheat with. So we'll find out what I have in me, if it's in me or not. So praise God. Father, help us tonight. Help me a lot. Glory to God. Help me to help them. That's one of my favorite prayers. Father, help me help them. God, we thank you for utterance. We thank you for revelation. We thank you, Father, for this vital subject. Praise God. And we just so thank you that, God, you're going to draw up things out of the reservoir of my heart that will be instructive for us and a blessing for us and help each and every one of us learn to live and walk by faith. God will be better for it, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So he said, get up and teach my people how to walk and how to live by faith. And uh, evidently, I, I would imply then that in what he said that I've, he's been able to teach me something about what that means. You know, about how to, how to live your life day by day by faith. Amen. By faith. And, you know, I've been saying for years off and on that if you, if you can't get your gas tank filled by faith, if you can't get your cupboards full of groceries by faith, you're behind. And what I mean by that is because Paul said in the last days, perilous times are going to come. And all of the things that we've trusted in and relied on, naturally speaking, we're not going to be able... The world systems... You know, we have a good economy now in the nation, and I'm glad about that. I hope you're not trusting in a good economy. hope you're, like I said a moment ago, that you're trusting in God. And uh, praise God. But even if it's not financial, you know, um, your, your health needs your faith. Your mental life needs... You know, your emotions need your faith. Your marriage needs your faith. So like I was talking to one of my sons today, that faith touches every area of your life. You, you don't want to leave faith out as if it's irrelevant to that part of your life. I don't care what it is, you ought to be bringing your faith to everything. I figured out that, you know, many of you know my story, my challenge that the Lord gave me. Some, well, it's been over 10 years ago. Son, I want you to get up at 6 a.m., six days a week, and spend time with me. And, you know, I'm not going to go down that trail with you. You know it. The struggles I've had in my natural being. And, you know, and I would say out of my mouth, I can't do that. I'm not a morning person. 
Doesn't God know I'm a night person? Why didn't He ask me to stay up late? That would have been easy. And then I thought, I can't do it. And I would say, I can't do it. I just can't. I can't get up. I just can't. And guess what? I was getting what I said. I said I couldn't and I couldn't. I said it was hard and it was hard. I kept saying I am a night person, not a morning person. And I'm living that out. And you know, I got, finally got through my thick skull. You know, my faith needs to, my faith needs to be involved here. And so what I, I began to release my faith, come on, over getting up in the morning. And I reminded myself that the Holy Spirit is called the helper. And all He really needs is for me to, He's ready and willing to help me if I'd involve Him, if I'd ask Him. And so much of the time we isolate faith to just a few areas of our life. Getting saved, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, maybe for divine protection, that's good. Very few people do that. Some of us do. You should. Every day. Some of us have learned that we ought to use our faith for our bodies, for our finances, but we just negate faith everywhere else. I'll just do that within the natural. And, you know, the psalmist said that there's times that, uh, you know, I read it not too long ago, that I will bring up the sun with my praise. So the psalmist said, I'm going to watch the sun rise. I'm up before the sun praising God. Well, I don't know where that reference is back in the Psalms, but it's in there. And I started thinking about verses like that. Amen. And uh, I, would, I would, as I went to bed, I would say, Holy Spirit, quicken me. I've got my alarm set, but that's not enough. My flesh has learned how to overrule that alarm. Quicken me. Quicken me and cause me to be alert and ready to wake. And you know, it, without fail, like this morning, about 10 minutes before my alarm went off, boing! He helped me. So anyway, let's read this. Uh, there's just what my point is, is there's, there's not an hour, a minute, an area of your life where faith wouldn't help you. Where faith isn't relevant. If you're struggling in some area, use your faith. So much of the time we're trying to please God, we're trying to obey God, trying to be good Christians in the flesh. The flesh profits nothing. That's just going to, you're going to fail, you're going to be frustrated. Believe me, I know I've tried it. Amen. So Romans chapter 1 <clears throat> Here Paul says uh, in verse um, 15, he says, So as much as is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. You know, believing, that's having faith. So you could say, the gospel is, the gospel of Christ, of the anointed one and his anointing, is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who has faith. The gospel's not going to do you an ounce of good if you don't have faith in it. Now the word salvation here doesn't just mean 
to get saved, to be born again. It means that first and foremost. But it's the Greek word soteria, and it means to be healed. It means to be made whole. It means to be rescued. It means to be delivered. It means to be protected. It means to be made prosperous. You ever get one of those Christmas presents, and on the inside there's another Christmas? and then That's what the word soteria means, right? It's not just the salvation of your spirit in that package. Your healing's in there. Your deliverance is in there. Your help is in there. Your wholeness is in there. Your prosperity is in there. Your peace is in there. And don't leave any of that out. But notice the power of God is in the gospel. And we partake of the power that's in the gospel. Or you could say the word like we've been talking about on Sundays. And we tap into that power by believing. By believing. You with me? Praise God. Now look at verse 17. For therein, what is therein? Therein the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Y'all been living today? So where'd you go? What'd you do? You got up, went to work, you drove, did your activity, all your... You're supposed to do, this verse says you're supposed to live by faith. So you should take your faith to the car. Come on. You should take your faith to work. You should take your faith to the bill table, to the doctor's office. Everywhere. Everything. So the goal here, the aim, what God expects from us is that we live By faith. We live by faith. Faith is your life. Faith is your life. I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have faith. I'd have been run over. I'd have been steamrolled. I would have quit. The pressure would have got me. People would have got me. People's problems would have overwhelmed me. You know, I I could have lost my mind having done this already. 20, 19 years. I've had opportunities to lose my mind. Over y'all, yeah, really. (laughs) Not over you people, but just like building this building. And the assignments. And the spiritual attacks. Right? And just Satan being crazy. And just all that you deal with. And to get frazzled. You know what I mean by have a nervous breakdown. Well, what's enabled me to get on the other side of all of that stuff? It's my faith. My faith. My faith in God. My faith in His love. My faith in His power. My faith in His ability. My faith in Him. It's got me on the other side of, you know, that moment in time years ago. We were still meeting at at the Jackson Street location. And I found a cyst. And then I found another one. And then I found another one. Then the next day I found two or three more. And, and by the time a week went by, I'd had about more than 12 of them or so. I don't remember. Well, I had a lot of them. And then fear. And how to get on the other side of all that? I used my faith. I didn't do it. God dissolved all those cysts in a moment of time 
Between my first MRI, he told me, go to lunch, come back, and I want to review this with you. So the MRI initially showed over 20 cysts in my body. I went to lunch, continuing to speak to that stuff, came back, he did the physical examination on me, he was going to give me the results of the MRI, and all the cysts had disappeared. Praise God. How did, I, how did I receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit? By faith. I didn't feel anything. God didn't knock me down on the floor. I mean, Justin just blew me out as a good receiver, the, you know, Sunday morning as he received. I went to the back room and they worked with me, worked with me, worked with me, worked with me, and sent me on my way in faith. Because I just was a bad receiver. If you heard my testimony, I got in my car going back home with a little, I had a little utterance. You know, I had, I still remember the, the utterance, what it sounded like. It was Shata. I don't you know, whatever. Praise God. And they just told me, just be faithful with what you got. And I was. A day or two later, man, I had my full prayer language broke out. Praise God. Amen. Help me, Father. Glory to God. Live by faith. Let's talk just about a couple of things that come up in my heart about what it means to live by faith. So let's go over to 2 Corinthians, two books over, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And if you want to be a faith person, how many of you are faith people? And I'm not, you just, it's not, you're not faith people because you go to a faith church. You're not faith people because you have a faith pastor. <laughs> you're a faith person when you walk by faith. When you have faith. And come on, we're all growing. Notice it said that what God wants from us is that we go from faith to faith. So in other words, man, I'm in this situation, Austin. I had to use my faith to get on the other side of that. And now I'm over here and another situation comes up. Well, guess what? I'm time we'll use my faith again. So you've gone from faith to faith. I've had to use my, I had to, I've had to use my faith in the area of relationships. You know, when people walk out of my life, and that fellowship is gone. And that camaraderie is gone. That loyalty is gone. It's just not there anymore. I'm not saying anything bad happened. Just, it just changed, transition. You've got to believe God for new friends. But you're not going to be lonely and isolated all your life. Come on. You know, I remember Dr. Dufresne talking about how he had to use his faith when his wife walked out, took his girls, took his two girls from the first marriage and she basically gave him an ultimatum. You go on with Jesus and you go on with this preaching business. You're going to do it without me. and I'm going to take the girls and I left. And he said, well, it's no choice. He saved me and I'm going on with Jesus. And she goes, bye, and took the girls and left and divorced him. And then that week, all the local pastors are calling his staff at church saying, how much does he want for his chairs? He's going under. Yeah, they weren't calling to pray for him. They saw a sinking ship and an opportunity to get cheap chairs. That's preachers for you. How much did he want for his sound system? Yeah, he had an opportunity to quit right then. But he believed God that God could sustain him, and work in that situation, keep him going. You understand what I'm trying to, what I'm trying, what I've been focusing on is you need to use your faith for everything. Everything. I'm sure my wife uses her faith for me and all me. Oh, Jesus. Everything applies. 
Okay, you got that. Praise God. Well, let's get this little nugget in. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Glory to God. So look at verse 16, and we'll read down through the end of this chapter now. These are such, such rich verses for faith people, for all Christians. And it's just such a key ingredient to get down uh, if you're going to learn to walk by faith successfully. So he says, 2 Corinthians 4, 16, For which cause we faint not, meaning we don't quit, we don't give up. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen. Notice this. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary. you got to get a revelation of that. If you can see it, it's temporary. If you're experiencing it in this natural realm, it is temporary, meaning, I like to think of it this way, Brandon, it is subject to change. you got to believe that if you're going to be a faith person. Well, I don't like my life right now. It's just temporary. Things are not going really well for me in my ministry. It's just temporary. I don't have an, I got a lot, I got a lot more month than money. It's subject to change. I, I just came back and the doctor said, it's temporary. If he saw it, if he detected it, if it showed up in the natural... It is subject to change. And what the implication is, is it's what you are really supposed to be looking at in the unseen. We haven't finished the verse yet. The power of God, the spirit realm, amen, is more powerful than what you see and will change what you see. It'll change what you feel. It'll turn that circumstance around. This is what faith people hold on to. That what is today is not going to stay that way. It's not going to be able to overwhelm me and defeat me. And I refuse to focus on it. I refuse to look at it. I refuse to give it undue attention. I refuse. I refuse to look at my lack of finances. I refuse to look at the pain in my body. I refuse to look at the state of my kids. I refuse to look at at, at what she did or what he did or what they did or what my bosses did. I just refuse to look at it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. If you don't know Paul very well, if you don't know you know, the, the New Testament very well yet, you're going to pass right over verse 17 where he said, for our light affliction. Listen, that is faith talking. You know what you call light affliction might be me preaching hard to you. What Paul is calling light affliction is imprisonment, chains, the bottom of his feet being beaten with rods, being whipped and flogged like Jesus. 
not having proper clothing, being loathed, being lied about, being persecuted. Paul calls this light affliction. I don't know what you're going through, but praise God, Paul is a faith man. And if you looked at the the natural stuff that he went through, you would realize, man, he, he is either crazy or he knows something that we don't. And listen, people around you, you know, I, I know people in my family, they don't get me, and it's okay. They don't get me. Praise God. Because this thing is real for me. I'm not just living a religion. I'm not just going to church. I'm not just hanging out and holding on to get to heaven someday. I'm really endeavoring to do the will of God and fulfill the plan of God and obtain promises and walk in the supernatural. (laughs) Hallelujah. And people are not going to, when you really start walking by faith, the people around you that are not, they're not going to get you. They're not going to understand you. They're going, to, they're going to be like, I don't get how you're always peaceful, you're always calm, you're always joyful, you're always, you know, high, and I know what you're going through. I know what they just did. I know what the doctors have said. What is going on with you? <laughs> and you might try to tell them, but they probably won't get it. Amen. You see what a faith person does? We look not at the things that are seen. You see, if you look unduly at the things that are seen, it's going to steal your faith from you. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to get fearful. You're going to get hopeless. You're going to get full of questions. Well, how are we going to, how are we going to pay that bill? How's this going to come? How are we ever going to? You're looking at the wrong thing, sweetie. I tell you, for for any human being, but for the Christian especially, who gets diagnosed with something, I know some people, especially the real heady, intelligent people, right, are going to go home and they're going to Google the disease and get on WebMD and watch 25 YouTube videos. And by the time they get done with that, they're planning your funeral. Because they know the statistics and the death rate and the mortality rate. And they got you doomed already. Looking at the wrong thing. Looking at the wrong thing. I mean, for not a day or two, not a month or two. For years, when we had the office at Jackson Street and we're living out here at the Kevill property, we got to come up and down this highway to go home. And we owned this property and then we'd put a slab down. And for about two weeks, we were excited about the ability to put the foundation down. For about two weeks, that was exciting. That was great. But y'all remember, right? We had concrete foundation and plumbing sticking out for almost two years. I would meet people in town. They go, oh, I thought that was abandoned. Every year, every day, I mean, every day, we'd have to drive up and down this road, right, honey? And that, that concrete and that river rock parking lot out there would talk to us. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Look at you. You didn't count the cost. You've, you've did exactly. They, the devil will quote, quote the scripture to me. 
Remember, Jesus talked about counting the cost, lest you pour a foundation and not have enough to finish it, and then you're a fool to everybody else. And I thought, man, that's me. But when we drove and our kids were small, they could tell you. We would drive by and we would say, you see that building over there? You see that building right there? No, Daddy, I don't see a building over there. But I did. And Amber did. Right? Amen. And that's how we've, that's, we've taken the opportunity to train our little ones. Because they remember driving up and down was just nothing but weeds. Nothing but gravel. Nothing but a concrete foundation. They caught on. They, they figured, and before long, they would, I would say, do you see that building out there? They go, I do. I do, I do, I see it. What are, what are we seeing? We're seeing with the eye of faith. We are looking at what the physical eye can't see. And the more we look at it with our eye of faith, the more real it becomes. And we don't talk in line with what the natural eye sees. We got our eye, praise God, because that, that concrete fountain, that's temporary. That's temporal. So about a year and not quite two years, we were able to pay that down enough where we were able to reach out and get the middle building, the shell. Remember that? And us big, you know, faith and credit people were able to go down to the bank and get $175,000, enough money to buy the building package and for the erectors to put it up. And what a glorious day, Austin. Oh my God, what a glorious day that was for me and I'm sure a lot of us. Woo, glory. But then guess what? It was exciting for about a month. But how long did that shell sit there like that? Three years? A long time. A long time. And, and little over little, you know, our, our Sunday morning attendance just dwindled and dwindled because nobody wants to be on a sinking ship. I remember preaching a service at Concord. Will you, a preacher, a vision, and a sinking ship. Y'all remember that sermon? I need to preach that again. A preacher... A vision and a sinking ship right out of the book of Acts. Remember Paul was on a ship in prison? And they said, listen, we're abandoning this ship. But Paul had a vision from the angel. An angel showed up. And he said, all of y'all are going to live, but they have to stay with you. They have to stay with you. If they try to abandon ship, that the deal's off. But if they'll stick with the preacher on a sinking ship, everyone will live. And so I got up one Sunday. I think our low was 65 people on a Sunday. We needed $1.4 million. Still, after all that we'd already done. $1.4 million. 65 people blinking their eyes. I'm blinking my eyes with them. How in the world is this ever going to come to pass? By faith. Totally and completely by faith. You remember we had one little part of that project. We needed $10,000 to put a pipe in. To put one pipe in for this building. $10,000. And you remember what we did? We took $10,000. We had big PVC and we cut it up into little chunks. And every time somebody gave so much money, we put a little piece of pipe down on the floor. And we had to get all the way over there. And week after week, maybe we'd get to put one little piece of pipe on and I remember Dr. Dufresne came and he helped us. You know, I think he gave us, bless his heart. I knew he felt sorry for us. 
How in the world are we going to get 1.4 million? We're taking months to raise $10,000 for one pipe. I mean, it looks that. But see, I preached that message about will you stay with the preacher and his vision while the ship looks like it's sinking? Well, a few of us did. And we did bricks. Remember the bricks? Praise God. We did all kinds of stuff. Anyway, I, we, that's just a wonder. We need to do a video tribute to all that we went through sometimes. Just praise God. And if you were not there for part of that, you need to just find someone who was and kiss them on the cheek and <laughs> hug their neck and say, thank you for sticking with it. We're glad we're here today. Praise the Lord. We learned, didn't we? But see, in, in living life, God has put my... I'm just talking about me. He said, get up and talk to him about how you have learned to walk by faith. You know, and I, we were not perfect in it. We tried to petition God to let us abandon the plan. I would quote to him Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin, I remember, said, pastors are building too big. I quoted, that to, I quoted that to God. I said, God, you need to let me build smaller. Brother Hagin said, pastors are building too big. This is just too big for us. I couldn't get him changes. Remember, we had a meeting. We thought about, we're going to build a pole barn. We're going to put us up a cattle barn. We're going to put us up a pole barn. And if we have to meet in the dirt, we'll be happy to do it. God wouldn't let us do that. We talked about the little uh, composite housing units and if we could piece some of them together. We had our days-long meetings wasting time trying to figure out how to do it. So we weren't perfect, but God would not change His mind. His thought was by hook or by crook, you, your wife, your three kids, and three snaggletooth women, we're going to get this building built. <laughs> That's just what God thought. That's just, he goes, I don't care. I'm bigger than all of it. Doesn't matter. But see, I wasn't there. I'm learning. Dear God, help us. And I mean, I would walk the floor at night. Amen. But if I've learned anything about faith, I have learned this. <laughs> to be good at walking by faith is just simply a matter of not looking at what you can see. Sometimes you just got to turn your back on that checkbook. I am just not looking at it. Now what that means is, is that you sit down at that table and you do everything you can with the money you got. And then you quote the word and then you walk away. You have to do what you can do. But wringing your hands and trying to figure it out. That's, that's what he's talking about. Don't look at the things that are seen. Amen. He said, for the things that are seen are temporary. But look at the other side of that coin. We, but we don't look at that. But the things, we look at the things that are not seen. For the things which are not seen are eternal. They are eternal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unless you're one of those rare believers that has had a vision of heaven. You've had an out-of-body experience or a near-death experience and you've been there and come back. Anybody? You stand up and tell us about it. No, but see, 
Heaven's our home. Heaven's where we're going. But I can't see it with my natural eye. And I'm endeavoring to take this. It's not an extreme. It's the way it ought to be. If my whole earthly life, I have to put what, if I could just do anything I want, I'd probably be up in the Colorado mountains somewhere. I don't know, running a horse ranch or something boring. No, I'm not saying it's, it's really like horse. I like what I'm just talking about. I'm not trying to insult him, but that's probably what I'd be doing. If, if I just had carte blanche to do what I, what I want to with my life. If I could do a little boat and do a little jet skiing, play with my kids at the lake. But see, I don't get to do a lot of that. My, and I'm happy about it. My year is full of conferences and ministries and going to nations and talking to you and write, writing books and praying. See, if my whole life is given away, I'm not looking at that. What I'm looking at is when I step over into eternity, I'm going to get it all, all the fishing trips, all the time with my parents, all the things I gave up. I'm living for eternity. I'm living for them. I'm not looking at what's seen today. If He takes all of my life and pours it out, that's what Paul said, I'm happy to be poured out. I'm ready to be poured out. Talking about, I'm going to put, I I know the day's coming here, maybe tomorrow, I'm going to put my head down on the block and they're going to take my head off my shoulders. And my life is being poured out as an offering for the body of Christ. He's happy to do it. But see, what can make a person content and happy and joyful to give that much of themselves? Because they're looking at something that you can't see. They're looking at the reward. They're looking at being with Jesus. They're looking at living on in through and out eternity. Come on, right? We've got to get past having a hard time ushering or greeting or serving in the children's ministry. I know I'm kind of shotgunning it at you. I'm just telling you, if you want to be skillful in the faith life, you've got to learn a faith person looks at certain things and not at other things. Like right now today, We've just been at the best financial position we've ever been in. Amen. And God's led me to say, okay, we're not going to just be comfortable. We're going to stretch out here. We're going to put another person full-time on staff. We're going to launch out into this new outreach and business proposition with the daycare. And now I'm right back in a position where if God doesn't move, then I'm... But see, you're going to be troubled by that. See, I've learned. I've learned. I could look at where's the money going to come from? Where's all that? Where's all the kids going to come from? How are we going to get over all these obstacles? How are we going to do all this stuff? How am I going to pay for all these? Whatever. But I've learned. I don't have to look at that. You know what I need to look at, Brother Philip? My God shall supply all my needs. A faith person, that's what they look at. That's what they look at. If you need to look at, we all need to look at something. Right? We all got we all been occupied with something. So I've learned. I just need one scripture. I know there's a lot of other scriptures, but I like Philippians 4.19. And this is not new. I know exactly how this is going to turn out. Every time the Lord has told me to expand the ministry, He told me to expand it before the money was there to do it. Think about that scripture. My God shall supply 
all your need. Listen, if you don't make the commitment, you don't need it. Right? Until I made the commitment, being led by the Spirit, to go ahead and bring Stacy on, I don't need the money for her salary. But the moment I commit, I need it. And my God shall supply all my needs. So every time I actually incur a need, and the need goes up, guess what? The supply goes up. That word supply in Philippians 4.19 means fill to the full or meet the demand in the Greek. My God shall fill to the full. My God shall supply the need. My God shall meet the demand. Now that doesn't mean you recklessly go out and, you know, buy a Bentley. Recklessly go out and say, now I got a need, Lord. No, I mean, He'll lead you in these things. Right? He led Amber and I, get the house I have for you. Don't wait for your house to sell. you got to get this house now. Oh, Jesus. That means I have two house payments. Well, I didn't need the money for two house payments until I did it. And I wouldn't have done it had He not told me to do it. But for how long has that been going on? We've been in our house over four years now. Four years of it. God is shut. Right? You've met that need. I still get to wear clothes. I still get to eat food. I still get to buy ice cream. Hello. Glory to God. Are y'all getting this? What does faith do? Faith does not look at what's seen. Faith looks at what's not seen, and that is the promise. Listen, when the promise comes to pass... Faith ends. The moment it's seen, faith ends for that. So like for over a year, we've been believing for, to sell the home. We've got a contract on that home. And when that home finally closes, faith for that ceases. But I tell you what, it don't cease until the ink is on the page and the check's in my hand. That's right. But all this time, see, we hadn't had a renter in that property for over a year. So we've had no cash flow coming in to cover that. God has, and all year long, you know what? I've had to, I've had to just train myself. Don't look at that. Don't yeah. think about that. Don't think about where's the money going to come from. Don't think about it. Don't think about what you're going to do if. Because what you're going to do if, it all happened. What if you can do if in all this you need a water heater too and your ceiling breaks apart and floods the living room and this and that and all that happened? How's, that, how's it going? Well, he figured it out. It's not my job figured out. My job is to look at one thing. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's all I'm, that's all I'm right? Faith is pretty simple. And really so much of what the fight over faith is is a fight over your attention. I mean, the devil's good at smoke and mirrors and hey, look at me. He'll make you feel this and hear that. Throw that thought at you. Make you have visions of this scenario and that going bad and this going bad. Oh my God. 
You've got to just go, I ain't looking. I'm not looking at that. I'm not thinking about that. And if you got to go, I'm not endorsing tattoos, but if you had to go get a tattoo on the back of your glasses, my God shall supply all my needs. I'm telling you that one scripture has brought in, I haven't added it up yet. A whole boatload of money has come in supernaturally into Ammonai's hand for the ministry, for the business, for our personal life. Just that one scripture. Just decide, I'm going to look at this one scripture. <laughs> it works. Now, you may not be needing money, but you might be needing health. Well, you better find you a good scripture to look at. Isn't that right? You better find one that really stirs you, really speaks to you. And that's what you look at. That's what I focus on. He's forgiven all my sins. He's healed all my diseases. It's like we said Sunday. If it's in the Bible, Wigglesworth said, it is. That's just the way it is. I'm going to give myself three more minutes. Let's go back to Romans chapter 4. I'll just show you this principle again. I hope because, like I said, I didn't think this through. The Lord just said, get up and start. So, praise the Lord. If it's not coming out very good, just blame Him. I'm doing my best. Romans chapter 4. Here's another version of this wonderful principle. Uh, praise God. Let's read verse 16 17. Uh, talking about Abraham, what God did with Abraham. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end that the promise might be sure, that means guaranteed, to all the seed, that's you and me. Not to only uh, those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now notice verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Talking about what God said to Abraham. Notice, while Abraham was childless, he, had no, he hadn't had one child. In that condition, what did God say to him? I have made you the father of many nations. You see that? Before him whom he believed, him God whom he Abraham believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Do you see it? This is what faith does. So these words, calling what isn't is, right? Calling those things which be not as though they were, you're doing that because you see something. We, call, we called to our children, and anyone that listened, do you see that building over there? We're calling a building here. There wasn't, but we were calling one present. Because we saw it. Because that's what we were focused on. You with me? I, I had to go back to, you told me on my knees in that little office at 2410 Jackson Street. I think that was the address. 2410 Jackson Street. That I want you to relocate your ministry and get in position for a last day move my spirit. That's what you said. That's what I've done. You said this was the property and that's where we... And, right? So I'm doing what he told me to do. 
So do you see these just two ingredients? We'll close. What is, what is faith doing? I am, I am seeing the unseen. I am seeing the unseen, unfelt, unrealized promise of God. I see it. And I say, that's how it is. I call those things which be not as though they were. See, for a couple of years now, I've been calling this ministry a $20,000 a week, $1 million a year ministry. And sure shooting, that's, what, that's the way it is. And our, our actual bank account is catching up with that all the time. It's heading that direction. I, and I see it. Now, when I first started saying that, oh, John, it was like crazy. Crazy. Like dead, like pipe dream. You hear your, yourself saying, pipe dream, $20,000 a week. But I just said, I'm just going to keep saying it. We are a $20,000 a week. We are a $1 million a year ministry. And it took me time, but see, that is alive in me now. That is reality in me now. Hallelujah. And I'm calling those things which be not as though they were. But pretty soon, I'm going to have to do something different with my faith because it's that way. It's coming to be that way in the natural. And see, that's what you have to do. That's why you have to keep increasing because then you see it. It is. So faith ends. What are you going to do with your faith now? That's why people have to keep... That's why you should never get... Don't get upset with us because we bought a car. Don't get upset with... You know, people as they come up higher, there's no, once you come up to a certain level, there's nothing else to do. If you're going to keep being a faith person, you're going to go from faith to faith. We're going to get this building done. We're going to go on the next one. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we are. We don't need all that. Well, I don't care if we need it or not. We're going to have, we're going to enjoy a basketball court and a gym. And a walking track. And all you tithing members in good standing, you have your own little key card. You pull up there, hit the little thing and go in, turn the lights on, go on the walking track. Work out. Have lady shower, men shower. Karen, you going to get a big old commercial kitchen? 75 feet across, nothing but stainless steel everywhere. Brother Trevor can do a wrestling tournament if he wants to. <laughs> Pastor Amber can lead a yoga class. <laughs> I'm calling that in. I want to see it. You see, we gotta we gotta talk it. We gotta get it in us. That's how it's gonna come to pass. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, you can stand up tonight. Glory to God. Faith, I tell you what, Amber and I live by a few mottos. Amen. And one of our great mottos is, Cody's never quit. We just don't quit. But the other one is, life is an adventure. Life's an adventure. Don't, don't live your life stuck in a rut. Don't be like that rich young ruler who felt trapped. Can't give up anything. Can't change anything. Life will be terrible if I walk away from this because it's all I've ever known. No, get out there as the Lord leads you. As He gives you a plan, get out there on the water and live life and let God, let God uh, form up the substance of your faith. 
And, and he'll give you, that's why, you know, natural things, that's, that's why it's important. You believe God for a suit. Believe God for a pair of socks or believe God for a Rolex watch. Believe, just believe God. And just, if nothing else, you know, learn to use that as an opportunity to get your faith working. And that way when you come to church, you've got a measure of faith that we can pull on for this next building. And not only that, but for signs and wonders and miracles. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Live your life calling those things which be not as though they were. You don't have a bum knee. You've got healthy knees. All all y'all have healthy knees. Did you know that? Yeah. God gives you eyes that see and ears that hear. He's the strength of your heart. None of you have heart problems. Right? Because He's the strength of your heart. Amen. Romans 8, 11 says, The Holy Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead quickens and makes alive your entire mortal body. That's what you need to say. Walk around going, Man, I'm charged up. i got the life of God on the inside of me. Father, we thank You tonight.